bird. It's a plane. Well, hello, beautiful. Listen up, casual. You've got a plan. I'm afraid my protocols are being overridden. Game over, man. Listen up, casuals. We are back with a special mid-season episode. This is Chris. And this is Rocco. And my gosh, you know, if you've been listening to our show, you know that we talk about comics and we talk about movies and we talk about television and we talk about how they pertain to comics because that's what we do. We teach you casuals about what you should be reading to go with your viewing. But today, Chris, I would say it's a it's a blessed day. And I hate using that term, but it is. Blessed is always a good term when Ruben Romero is around. I met Ruben back in 2014 at Comic-Con. Uh, he was promoting comics. He was pro- promoting the agency at that time. Uh, so, But we'll be talking about the Illusion Witch today. But I want Ruben to also talk about some of the other comics he's been doing. So you'll learn all about that today. Uh, yes, it's just it's very exciting that our show is about comic books and we have an actual uh, published writer with us yes. today. And not only that, but we are uh, big fans of the Illusion Witch. So it, it's just pretty awesome um, to have Ruben here. Ruben, you've been on my show, Critical Mass, my other show, Critical Mass, uh, many times. And uh, you you will be on this uh, this upcoming season once uh, we retool our show. <laughs> um, but we're super happy to have you tonight. So, Ruben, welcome. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you both for having me here. Ruben, why are you on the show today? Why am I on the show? I think yes. um, I've got a little project uh, <clears throat> that I kind of threw together. I, I, I just, you know, put some thoughts on paper and uh, and put it out there. Uh, no, um, I've got a book called The Illusion Witch uh, that started on Kickstarter and uh, slowly made its way to, um, to, to a publisher. Uh, I'm currently going to be releasing the book uh, with Through Behemoth Entertainment. The book drops on June 15th in stores, so it's on pre-order right now. It's got four covers. They're beautiful. I've got a bunch of cool, talented people, way more talented than me, um, <clears throat> helping me out. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, I'm just here to talk about that really, you know, and, and any, anything else comic bookie that we want to chop it up about, I'm, I'm game for that too. Right on. When you were younger, obviously you were probably a comics fan. I mean, we all were, that's why we're here now. Um, you know, where did this love of comic book, comic book writing, where did this come from? And what would you say, like, are your major influences and not just for illusion, Witch, but all of your writing? Um, I think, you know, a lot of it comes from just growing up watching, you know, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg movies, you know, it, it comes from growing up in the 80s. I think anybody in my age range, uh, who is a creative, uh, grew up a, an ambling kid, you know, the, watching E.T., watching the Goonies, <laughs> watching the Lost Boys, you know, Hell watching yeah. all these things that, that were larger than life, um, that were happening to, you know, kids that look like you, you know, to a certain extent. Um, so, uh, although there wasn't a lot of Hispanic leading kids back then, uh, but still, I, you know, I still saw myself, you know, but, um, but it was, it was that, it was that, that fueled my imagination that, that, that it wanted, I wanted to, 
I wanted to go on adventures. I wanted to find treasures. I wanted to meet an alien. I wanted to fight monsters or, you know, make friends of, 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 of some, you know, weird creature. Like it was just, it was, it was always that want to, to have something extraordinary happen in an ordinary world. And, uh, and that kind of led to me just becoming a fan of other, other things and other worlds. We, you know, we, we know it's well documented within our friend group that, that we're Star Wars fans. So Star Wars had a huge impact on my life. Um, so from, you know, at that point, it was just about creating those, those stories and making them up in my own head. And I didn't realize very early on that you could actually write movies or write books or, or do those things. I, I just thought they appeared out of the ether. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately, uh, I never really had anybody in my life either who was like, hey, you could do that if you wanted to, right? So I didn't really know. I want to ask you a question before you go on. I want to know offhand three of your favorite things, geeky things that it, you liked when you were a kid around this time where you're realizing that you could grow up to be a writer or a director or something. Um, I think it was probably the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, Monster Squad, and Squad. just Marvel books. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just like Spider-Man, you know, Captain America, the Punisher, whatever I could get my hands on at the time, you know, that all that stuff really just, it was, I was like, hold on, where does, you know, like I said, where does this come from? <clears throat> and, and like I said, it wasn't until very later on where I think, you know, maybe my brother noticed a little bit uh, my creative side, my imagination, and he kind of started to fuel that by, by giving me, you know, comics and stuff like that. And my mom was always a big, you know, uh, big reader. She loved Stephen King and Dean Koontz. So she was always giving me novels. I, I was reading books, you know, very early on uh, that I probably shouldn't have been reading. But, but you know, at 12 or 13, but uh, she allowed me to read them. Uh, and, and she was always taking me to the movies. So I think I just lived in front of the TV. My mom said uh, the TV taught me how to, how to speak English. So because uh, I, I don't remember, you know, transitioning, ever going to like, you know, English classes or anything like that. So, but, but yeah. And, uh, and like I said, I, I didn't really realize until I was about 17, 18 years old where my friends started rapping. And of course I'm like, okay, I want to rap too, you know? <laughs> and so then I was like, can I rap? Am I, am I that guy? And I was like, well, let me try to write. And I found the process of writing just like easy. Like I was like, it was, it came to me naturally. Like I, I, I knew what I wanted to say. I just needed to know how to make it rhyme. So that, that became a process, right? Like how to, you know, extend my vocabulary, learn, you know, what bars are, learn what a hook is, learn what a bridge is, all mm -hmm. these things. Uh, and, and I toyed with music for, I don't know how many years, like maybe 10, 11 years. Oh, wow. uh, and then yeah, and then I, I and then I transitioned into script writing, and I just started writing movies, and I wrote my first script called Highly Contagious, and and then I, I it just sat there basically <laughs> staring at me, and uh, and I was like, man, I got to do something that I can that I can see come to life. I want to make something, and that was right around 2013, uh, probably like the summer of 2013, and uh, that's when I started coming up with the agency uh, with my best friend and my ex-wife at the time and we kind of just sat down and and, and kind of concocted this 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 little world and uh and, and we uh, we didn't know what we were doing we didn't know how you know how to make a comic book we didn't know any artist you know we knew one artist his name was sylvester we went to him this guy was like drawing and coloring on paper you know what i'm saying i was like <laughs> how do how do we get it into a comic book like i was like well how do we do all of this so i was i was learning um 
like blow by blow, basically. Uh, on the fly. You know, how to do this on the fly. Uh, no instruction manual. Social media was just taking off. You know what yep. I'm saying? So my Facebook didn't look like what it looks like now, where it's just like, it's just one big advertisement for Kickstarters <laughs> and comic books, right? And people who are, are creating comic books. So my circle was very, very small. I didn't know a lot of people. Uh, but little by little, I started to use social media as a tool. And, uh, and you know, I was a, we were able to find artists and, and connect with them. And, and slowly but surely, the agency came, up, came, came to be. And that's what led me to New York Comic Con okay. and, and the first time we met. Yeah, I was just going to ask you what year was it you really started the agency? So that was like 2013, mm-hmm. around there, going into 14. Okay, yep. awesome. Yep. So that that was really your first first push. How did you decide to go to Comic Con? How did you get the push to go there? Being this really your first book, you just went balls to the wall. Yeah, we just like it, it's it's crazy because I, I think back on on those days and <clears throat> we were we were so stupid and brash and cocky um but it was um it was a great learning experience because it, number one it, it taught me to you know to, to set the bar right um we knew that we couldn't just put out any book because if you walk into comic book stores the comic books look great you don't you know you, they've got cool covers they've got great art the letters look a certain way so all of these things we were noticing like wait a second our letters don't look like that our colors don't look like that what, what, like what do we need so we started going we went out and got these high level caliber ross hughes was our was our colors for issues one through five of the agency if you look up ross hughes dc comics like this guy's rap this guy's credit sheet is he's colored every book you thought of you know what i'm saying like i think he said you know the other day he posted a nightwing and he's like i think i've never colored this character you know what i'm saying <laughs> like so this this is a guy who was like he, he had no business working with a bunch of people who were trying to make their first comic book but he did it because we were paying his page rate you know what i'm saying so he was like yeah sure i'll take it um and then we struggled with the artist for a bit because <clears throat> uh very early on we got very lucky and we had connections uh, through a, through a friend of ours, uh, where they they you know through business dealings and whatever and what you, and whatnot, uh, they knew some people at Image, and so we were like we're going to be able to submit to Image, you know, to the top of the stack. So it was one of those things where uh, we 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 went and got an artist who we felt was was great. We thought he looked you know it was good, and we we made the mistake and we paid him for the whole book, um, and we paid Ross to color it. And, and then we send it to image and image is like, no, no. Good. And we're like, okay, why? And, and usually they don't give you a why, uh, ladies and gents. So if, uh, so if you're ever submitting to a publisher and, you know, they just reject you, you could ask, but normally they're not going to tell you. But I think considering because of the connections that we had, the guy was willing to sit down and be like, look, the A, B, and C is wrong. So we, we went out and got a new artist and we, we did it all over again. And, wow. and, we, and we still got a pass. We still got a no. And for the same reasons. And, and it was it, at that point, I was just like, you know what? I, I like this art. Like, you know, I can see what they were talking about in the other one, but I don't see what's wrong with this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you're giving me the same reason. So, okay. You don't want to take a chance on me, your image. I get it. No problem. We moved on. Um, and we went ahead and we produced the first five issues with Eric Coda and Ross Hughes and James Reed lettering. And, uh, and, and we were happy with it. You know, our, our, our second year, I want to say our second year at New York comic con 
we got approached by Diamond straight off the strength oh, of our wow. banner. Because wow. the art looked, you know, so Diamond was like, oh, what are you guys? Are you guys a small indie publisher? Which we were at the time. We were like, that it, Small indie publisher is an exaggeration. We were just three people trying to, <laughs> four, really, our business partner, uh, trying to make this thing happen. And was this and defect we like, yeah, comics or what was this? No, this was, this was think alike productions. This okay, was, uh, okay. We, we started, we started a label called think alike productions <clears throat> okay. at that time. That's in 2013. Um, that it was like, again, it was me and my best friend, Roger and, uh, and, and my ex-wife. And, uh, and yeah, we did that for like two years. Um, and our business partner was like, Oh, you know, let's take on other creators and let's try to make this thing like an official publisher. And then that became like a business. And then my mom got sick uh, and passed away and that kind of put strain on me and, that, sure. you know, and, and I kind of, I jumped into, um, to marry my, 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 at that time, my girlfriend, um, and, uh, and then we were together for like another year and think of like kind of did their thing, you know, we went to conventions and things like that. Uh, we had the first five issues of the agency. We had other, you know, other books that we were trying to promote, but I, I didn't find myself writing or creating. And, uh, and then I ended up, me and my, me and my ex got, got, got divorced. And that kind of took me out of the game till about, I would say late 2017, where I did a book with Bob Sally. We did one issue called Three Swords, supposed to be a little mini series, a retelling of the Three Musketeers, but he got really busy. Uh, good for him. You know, like he took off and I couldn't do it myself. I, I still wasn't ready. And, um, and then I was pretty sad about that. Yeah. Me, me too, <laughs> man. Trust me. I, I, I trust me. I want to go back to that so bad. I really do. I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to find time to do it too. Me, me and Bob and, and, yeah, and Bob Casey is great. actually, Really? Me, Bob, and Casey actually had a discussion about it about awesome. three swords. Awesome. So I love Bob. We're just trying to figure out what um what we're trying to do in terms of you know in terms of going you know and what direction we're going to go in. But yeah. But uh. But yeah. You know, we 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 did that book together, and um, and then that kind of you know he like I said he got busy and and I, and that kind of just threw me off. Um, and then I kind of uh, and then that's where Casey stepped in, and we started talking heavy, and we started. Uh, we started discussing the possibility of doing something together and uh, and then we did in ferry and that put me you know back into the, the game like that really really made me feel good about creating and the story that we were writing and and that led back to the agency because I, I, I relaunched the agency right after that and uh, and then the illusion which and then right after that the illusion which so now we're here with the illusion let me let me ask a quick question just about tell us a little bit about your relationship with Casey and your working the working relationship um, when you guys did in ferry together um yeah I, that was that was interesting because um first of all i met casey the same time that i met you uh which was you know in, in a really big building uh in new york comic con where there were you know thousands of booths and well we were also indie website trying to get an interview with people and nobody like what are we gonna do go talk to scott snyder this is true this is, this is true so the stars aligned the stars yeah. aligned so to speak um so so you know that 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 led to you know a, an internet friendship and that's grown into like a real brotherhood so to speak and uh and we we really we really just play well off each other he what he what we like to do is i'll come to him with a fully formed idea and then he'll just blow it up right so uh, and then that helps me kind of restructure the pieces um, in a way that we both see the bigger picture. And when we both can see the bigger picture, then, then the story really just comes naturally. So Inferi was actually the opposite of that. Um, Inferi was really 
it was it was the very same setup. I came in with an idea called Fifty Two, um, and 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 basically Fifty Two was just kind of like my it was going to be my ode to to seven, so to speak, right? And and he was like, yeah, but what if like the Fifty Two crimes are like trafficking fairies and like you know like creatures like 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 the lamia or 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 some like weird you know monster out there is like controlling like the other monsters to do all these different crimes and all this stuff and i'm like yeah that's not what i came to you with though and he and i was he was like yeah but think about it and it kind of stayed with me and and i was just like yeah okay i can see this i can see this but like where's the you know where 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 are we gonna how do we how do we infiltrate that world and then it was you know both of us are big fans of Buffy the Vampire Slayer things like you know X-Files Fringe things well I'm a big fan of Fringe I don't think he's ever watched Fringe me too Fringe is Um, good Fringe is very good yeah yeah I love Fringe so for me it was just like it was like okay so we get that cast of characters that are outside right that are learning as as our audience learns basically um, so we did that with a group of Quantico students. Uh, but the really cool thing about it is that each of them are tied to this monster world. They just don't know about it. Like they're all hot. They're, they each have something within them, um, whether it's a secret or an ability that ties back into like this bigger world. And they're just now learning about it. Well, at least, you know, for, for, for the audience sake, you know, a few of them are one has, has, has been in it for a while and knows about it and but is acting like oh i don't know so very you know double agent kind of situation scenario um and and that story it started off as this one thing but then it was like man we've got a real good chance here to just like do like a really cool like horror yeah you know kind of noir take you know where these monsters are larger than life and like there's all this like you know backstabbing and and setup building and it's almost like the sopranos you know with all these layers with all these layers and all these different relationships uh, intersecting with one another, and uh, but it's all like about monster hunting and, and and friendship, really, and like family and choosing you know the people who you love, which is a big theme. Yeah, no, I I love that. And with all of that though, so you're so you've got the agency, you've got Infury, you've got all of this, and and now you've got, at least in my opinion, some serious success with the Illusion Witch. Um, you know, you've got behemoth backing you, you will be in comic book stores. I have already reserved every copy, um, you know, that will be coming out. Um, I talked to my local comic book shop owner. How many, how many can you get? I have that question for you, Rocco. What? I can order three, three covers. <sighs> He'll how many he- are there out there? There's five there's covers. The, the story. There's the, uh, there, no. There's there's four. There's four. Covers. Four covers. There's I'm sorry. Covers, yeah. There's there's four covers. There's three. There's three covers. A, B, and C, and then there's D, the the store incentive. So, basically, if 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 the shop orders five of of one cover, they'll get one of that store incentive. So hmm. so basically, it's 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 a way for them to kind of you know boost the sales a little bit there, um, to get these to get you know a more exclusive cover, which is actually a really beautiful cover done by the the main artist, the, the three other covers that you're going to get aren't done by the main artist. Uh, one of them is done by Chris Campana. He's done Red Sonia and a plethora of oh, other Red things. Sonia. guys, a beast. Um, you've got Ruben Puerto, who's a, who's a well-known, um, more of a kind of risque, uh, good girl kind of artist. Uh, you know, he, he goes, he's out of Italy, uh, but he did a really cool, cool cover. Uh, kind of looks like a little like, All right. pop magic poster. 
Um, and then, dang, I'm blanking. I'm blanking on my covers. Which one's the other one? I can't remember. Jesus. Well, That's I know cool. my. Um, the dude at my yeah, shop was it. like, the dude at my shop was just like, you know, take, come get whatever you want, you know, when you come in, um, in, in essence. But I, you know, I told him about you. I told him that, you know, I have a personal tie to this knowing you and that he should really push your book. I was pretty clear oh, on that. Like, you should, you should push this book because I think it's going to be something good. But the point of me saying all of this is, You know, we're here now, you have this success, you're going to be in comic book stores, but how did you get this dream team together? You know, you wrote it, you have your artist, you have your colorist, you have your letter, you have this team that got together. Where, where did this all come from? Mm, um, That, that other cover is by Bruno Oliveira. It's the Alice in Wonderland homage. I love that. Um, I love that. that. And he's, and he's great. He's actually producing uh, a new book. Uh, where he's co-creating a character for Marvel. So the guy's, wow. you know, he's a beast. The guy's a beast. Uh, I, but to get to your question in terms of, of, of creating or putting together this team, um, you know, I just, I, I, I really, I knew that I wanted it to be dynamic, uh, but I also knew that it was going to be an emotional story. So I, I, I needed an artist that had a strong grasp of emotion and, and showing that uh, in, through the art. Uh, not only through facial expressions, but just through, you know, ambiance and, 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 and lighting and things like that. Um, so it was, it was really about just finding that artist that, that, that really spoke to me when I saw their art, whether it was, you know, something completely unrelated to what I'd be drawing. Like, I think what got Andrea the, uh, the job was he sent me his portfolio and I was looking through it and there was some fantasy stuff in there. And I was like, I was like, yeah, this is, this is good. I was like, but then I remember I got to like, a, it was like a 12 page spread that he did of guardians of the galaxy. Oh, and it was just really, really, really detailed. And it was one of those things where I was like, I was like, this guy, this guy gets it, you know, and all the panels were really dynamic and things like that. So I was like, okay, he, he understands page layout, how, the, how your eye should move through the page and flow. So I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. Um, and luckily he had the time and was willing to, to meet me at, at, at my budget, um, which he continues to do so. Um, and, and he's doing amazing work. Uh, and PH was like a godsend because he came through Rodrigo who, who draws in ferry and Rodrigo was like, Hey guys, I've got this colorist that I've been teaching and I want to bring him on. And we were like, me and Casey were like, Oh, come on, like, you know, this, you know, if this guy's a newbie, like, yeah, to look right. And we were like, all right, well, you know, tell him to do some test pages. So he did a couple of test pages for us and and it looked great. We thought, okay, this, whatever, he's got Rodrigo in his ear. So he's learning and he obviously can do it. So sure, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's try. And he consists, you know, he blew us away. And I was like, hey, do me a favor. And I had just started getting some stuff from, from, from Illusion Witch. And I was like, do me a favor. I was like, here, like, can you color this? Let me see what it looks like. And, um, and we, we spoke a little bit about like what the story was and, and what, what the world was going to be. And he came back and I was like, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, he, he, he knocked it out of the park. Um, and then Dave Lentz, uh, who is my letterist, uh, another one who I was just 
blown away by his work on Midnight Highway, uh, number one, uh, that had just dropped through through Mike Tiener and Alex Mayday. And um, and I was just like, man, this lettering looks great. And I was going to reach out to him, and he ended up reaching out to me, and I played it cool because I was like, oh, have you what, what, what work have you done lately? I asked him. And he Playing was, hard to get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just flirting a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I was like, yes. I was like, this guy must have like the mental radar. I was about to reach out to him. And he was like, well, I just lettered Midnight Highway. I was like, man, I know, I know who you are. And, uh, and yeah, we've been, we've been good buddies ever since. And he's, he's also not shy to tell me like, Hey, this, you know, I'll send them the pages and, and he'll be like, Oh, this doesn't look right. You know? So he's really, he's really good in that way where I think sometimes as a creator, you're, you're really married to it. So it's like, when you're, when you're so close to it, you don't, you don't see the slight changes or the things that can be done to make it better. Um, and I'm really, uh, I'm really just in love with what Andrea does all the time. So it, you know, it's good to have another set of eyes. So Dave is really trustworthy and Casey also plays that role a lot for me too. I'll pop up in his DMs all the time, like all day long, just like, Oh, look at this. Oh, what do you think about this? And, you know, he'll give his opinion and I'll set back and I'll look at it. Um, and really it's, it's, yeah, I've been lucky. I've been lucky. The team is, is by far, like I said, way more talented than me. You know, like I just, I write the scripts and and they really bring it to life. And and they put, they, they actually put faces and emotions to my words that, you know, I'm not able to do just by, you know, typing on, on my MacBook. That's, that's awesome. And I have to say uh, real quick, that print, the Alice in Wonderland homage print that I got with the, with the last book from the Kickstarter, that is hanging that is in my bedroom um and my wife only allows me to put certain geek stuff in the bedroom and i was like this is non-negotiable this is this is a beautiful this is beautiful this is artwork this is this yes, is gorgeous it's this gorgeous. is hanging Bruno, he killed it he killed it what's crazy is <clears throat> we had an opportunity we were about to do a book together and then uh, unfortunately like in like in comics and in, with everything you <clears throat> something comes out that's very similar and you're just like ouch you know so it kind of threw me off my game but i'm hoping that i'm hoping that the illusion which is successful enough to where i can go and hire bruno and have enough money to hire bruno to do the 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 book that that came out of that idea being broken in half and you know really you know kind of just you know it made me go back and and think and have to rethink it but i would love to do it bruno because as you can see he's just dynamic he really yeah. his art is and all like if you look him up he's done some some i think he's done like ghost spider for marvel yeah, yeah. he's done some stuff he's done some stuff um so if you look at uh, his art is not traditional you know what i'm saying like his like the way that it looks is just very stylized and i just I, I just love the way that it looks and he also colors so it's like it's one of those things where i can get him to do the whole project oh man that would be a dream come true because yeah. i think we would we me and him would make some beautiful beautiful stuff together I agree. All right, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the the Kickstarter that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I want you to run through that. Uh, but really, the the key here is that Illusion Witch is going to press for issue one through Behemoth, mm-hmm. and but you're kickstarting issues four and five, finishing up the series. I am. I am. I'm rounding it out. I felt um, I felt like it was necessary because you know obviously it started on Kickstarter, um, and you know. Uh, it's one of those things where it's kind of a give and take situation for me right now, because I'm doing it for the people who have stuck by me on, on Kickstarter. Um, and, and the ones who, who, who really, you know, 
made this thing happen for me. If it wasn't for the people who backed issues one, two, and three, um, I wouldn't have the opportunity to go to Behemoth. Um, now, obviously, um, with with the Behemoth release, we, you know, I made a decision to not offer uh, a physical catch-up tier just so that I can, you know, motivate you to go out to the store and pick up issue one through three. You can catch up digitally, uh, one through five, uh, but definitely, you know, I did it so that hopefully you would say, okay, you know what, I can take issues four and five because I'm going to get issues one through three in the next, you know, in the next few months anyway. So, you know, those can stay right there, nestled right there for me, and then I'll go out to the store and get the other ones. Um, you know, and then, so it was one of those decisions, but, but luckily people, you know, the people who have backed are, are, are the here, the, 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 the Kickstarter is fully funded. So that's going to happen. And, um, and people seem to be backing the, the people who aren't, aren't uh, uh, previous backers seem to have come, uh, are, are backing the digitals, uh, uh, the digital catch up. So that, that seems to be playing. Okay. It, it doesn't seem like it hurt the Kickstarter. That's great. I so you don't really don't want to work against yourself, which is is what you're saying. Um, I mean that's you know, I mean that's that's really it. You won't yeah. get the sales over at uh, over at Diamond if they're going to your Kickstarter. Uh, but do you, are you privy at all to the numbers yet? To what? No, not not yet. Not, not until yet. after, right? <clears throat> yeah, not until not until after. Um, which which again is is also like nerve wracking, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but again, if I sell a hundred copies, I'll be freaking happy. You know, it, it just is what it is. Like, I know that that's such a, like a weird thing to say, but it is what it is at this point. Like I'm looking at it, like I'm telling a story that is super personal to me um, in a lot of ways, uh, at least the subject matter is. And, and, and I'm doing it uh, in the most fun possible way that I could, that I, I could ever be doing it, uh, you know, next to being able to stand on set and, and see <laughs> it come to life. Um, so, you know, I, I can't complain and I'm doing it on a top 10 publisher. Yes. So, uh, you know, I'm being modest. Maybe I'll sell 150 copies because it's a top 10 publisher, you know, but, but hey, they had a big billboard this past year at New York Comic Con. Right? You know, they did. They, they had several big billboards yeah. and they just got, they, they just got bought out by a huge uh, music label. Uh, so it's, 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 you know, it's a full-fledged entertainment company. They've got great books. Uh, they've got some really cool IP, uh, and their books seem to be in demand. You know, I look at, you know, I'm on social media. I'm watching these indie comic book influencers that are on Instagram all the time. They talk a lot about behemoth. So hopefully they'll, they'll shed a little light on my book when it comes out too, you know, but, um, but it's one of those things where I'm just thankful. I'm grateful that I was able to do it and that I'm able to, you know, sit here and say, okay, look, I did this thing you know absolutely i remember i was in new york city when we were chatting and i was like once i get back to the apartment i'm jumping on previews because we had we rented an apartment on staten island my wife is like what are you doing i'm like just hang on a second i'm pulling out my macbook like we're in the apartment she's like what i'm like just hang on a second (laughs) (laughs) and just click to you know for illusion witch and i was able to just be like bam previews bam all set and then, of course, as soon as that was done and I went to my local comic shop, I talked his ear off for like 20 minutes. And luckily, he and I are very cool. So that worked out well. So when you're in the city, you went full Costanza? I went full Costanza. Yes. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> We're living in Four a society. Years, comics. <laughs> We're living in a society. <laughs> Uh, I was well, just watching Seinfeld while I was eating dinner. No, that's, it's always great stuff. Yes, it's uh, it's the show you can sit down and watch whenever you want to watch 
stupid. Exactly. So that that was that was great getting caught up with who Ruben Romero is, and I think it's a good time to take a commercial break, and then when we come back, we're going to delve into the world of the Illusion Witch a little bit for everybody out there, so you can get familiarized with these books and maybe pre-order them at your local comic shop. Right? Not maybe. If you're listening to this right now, you will pre-order them. Ooh. Yes. Throwing it down. Throwing it down. It's what I do. All right. We'll be right back. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the campfire chats. A DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. What up, casuals? We are back. This is, again, Rocco. And this is Chris. And we are joined by our favorite indie writer, Ruben Romero. Um, he's with us today to talk about The Illusion Witch. Um, he is on Kickstarter right now for books four and five, um, The End of Illusion Witch. And we are going to ask him some more questions. So listen up, casuals. Ruben. Yes, sir. What? What was your inspiration for Illusion Witch? Now, the obvious, those of us that have read it, Obviously, you have a lot of Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. There's a lot of Alice in Wonderland. Um, but Adia's story, Adia, I, I say your name wrong every time. Adia. Adia. Okay, so Adia's story, it's very personal. It's, it is, I mean, like the first book punches you in the mouth um, with her story. Why, what inspired this book and why tell her story? Um, I, you know, the book, in general, um, if you know if you haven't read it and you're thinking about picking it up, uh, it is basically a character study on trauma and and mourning and um, and 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 being able to to work past those those things, right? Um, or or lack thereof, right? Uh, not being able to. So, but I wrap it up in this in this big kind of fantasy adventure epic. Um, so Adia Locke is uh, a world famous illusionist who is uh, on the on the top layer has everything that that anybody could want. You know, she's got beauty, she's got fame, she's got money, um, but on the inside, she's she's experienced trauma in her life. She lost she loses you know she lost her father and she loses her son uh, at an early age, and those things uh, kind of reshape Adia, and they 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 make her a person that. Although she had all of this love and care pumped into her from a little kid, um, they turn her distant and cold. And she doesn't really value human relationships anymore because she's, she's been hurt by them too often. Um, so the things that she wants the most um, have been taken away and the things that she doesn't really care about, uh, it comes so easily to her. Uh, so again, she, she's, you know, she's, she's not in the best place uh, so to speak, when we meet her. So 
Uh, and I think that inspiration came from me going through those things uh, and, and dealing with, 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 with death and, and, and seeing it happen right in front of you uh, is, is a totally different experience. You know, when people are like, oh, that person passed away and, you know, and they were like, I wasn't there. I didn't see them. You know, they, they went in their sleep, whatever. You know, I, I feel so bad. It's like, I always think like, no, you got off easy. Trust me. You don't want to watch somebody you know pass away um so uh not to harp on any of that but yeah like that 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 that's that kind of was the catalyst for me because that kind of broke me in my own way and and made me go through my own thing so um i didn't have any talking animals or or fantasy worlds to to, to go and save um to kind of face my own inner demons i had to go on my own journey um but i think it's a it's a journey that we all have to go through at some point in our lives mm -hmm. and it, I think people deal with trauma in, in different ways, right? There's, there's all kinds of ways that people deal with it. Uh, but it's, it's the untreated that is, is for me, that is, is the, the, the thing that I'm highlighting, right? Is the, the ones that don't know who to go talk to, the ones that don't know or don't have friends that can lean on uh, to, to help them get through that darkness. So to me, it was like, I need to tell a story about that kind of person who just doesn't have that and, and, and all of a sudden is forced into that situation, right? Like here, we, in, in, in giving you this task, we are going to make you evaluate who you are and mm -hmm. why you are. Um, and I think that that's, that's, that's where basically the genesis of, of the illusion, which came from. Um, it also came from, you know, my, we talked about Bob Sally, you know, he, we were talking about my next book and what I was gonna do. And he was like, you just need to tell a grounded story. And I was like, okay. You know, and that and that kind of led me to 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 Addie Locke and the Illusionist and and that kind of that 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 storyline, but again, I'm not a grounded kind of guy. Again, <laughs> we, you know, we talked about this in the beginning. Uh, I love the big stories, big adventures, and I was like, how do I tell a story about this this kind of subject subject matter um, without kind of beating people over the, you know over the head with it and um, and making them cry at every panel. Um, I was like, I can give them an adventure. I can take them on an adventure. And that, and that adventure is going to require her to, to go through stages of her own kind of like, you know, restructuring, so to speak, and, and, and reevaluation of who she is and what she really does care about. A absolutely. And, and I have to say, like, one thing I really, really have enjoyed about the books, um, and by the way, book three was, uh, was exactly what I wanted and I, I, it happened. So that was really awesome. Really breaking the world open, if you will. Um, but again, what I've enjoyed time and time again is how grounded the character is and the trauma is with this overlay of this fantasy world. Um, so with this fantasy world, it's, it's so big, or at least it's starting to come together to show the reader really how big this world is. Um, but this story is ending in five books. Um, was that originally planned? Is that is, is are we ending there or do we have more plans of being in this world, maybe through the eyes of a different character or or something else? You know, are we going to continue to be able to live in this world outside of these five books? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the story of Eddie Locke was always meant to have a beginning, middle and end. Um, I, I always, you know, I didn't want it to be ongoing because again, it, the subject matter calls for, for certain beats to, to be hit at a certain point in time. 
And, um, and if you kind of just, you know, beat that drum for too long, um, you're, you're probably more than likely going to lose some steam. So um, I, I originally planned for six, but as I, as I finished issue four, I realized that if, if I drew it, if I, if I, if, if I did take one more, uh, if I did do six, um, it was going to be a lot of buildup. It was, and, you know, uh, being a, a fan of, 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 of cartoons and, and, and such as we are, uh, we know that, you know, some seasons suffer from filler episodes. So I didn't want to do that to you guys. Um, and I feel like we appreciate Patty, it. So it's just one of those things where I, I just felt like there's, 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 there's a story being told here. And yes, the overall adventure is important, but we're, 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 we're the, where the meat of it is, is Adia. So, um, you know, we do, me and, me and Andrea uh, early on got together for, for issue four, and we knew that it was going to be big because it was going to take the reader out of the, the fantasy world and, uh, and into Adia's mind so to speak and it was going to be that 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 this is going to be the, the the point in the story where she kind of faces those demons and 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 looks at those those lessons right but you know how she sees it and what you're going to be seeing on the page is is very is going to be very personal to adia and it's going to be very personal to, to the story so it's going to be really you know uh, it's, it's a, an emotional build up to her being able to open her eyes in you know later on and say okay i'm ready right so to speak which she says it in a very large or different way uh than than that but but uh but yeah it's just uh it's it's always meant it's like i said it's always been meant to have a beginning middle and end but sarai is a big place uh i it's it's funny because i actually borrowed sarai from a whole other story that i was that i was doing that was gonna you know it's gonna be a novel uh that i was gonna try to write my first novel and uh but i needed i needed a fantasy world and I was like, well, I've already got the idea of like how this place looks and what I want, you know, to, you know, its inhabitants to be and so on and so forth. It's like, why don't I just bring her here, you know? So, so that kind of just, those two stories, those two worlds merged and, and that's where I got the illusion witch from. And could we go back? Sure. Um, you know, the original story that I had that I wanted to write my first novel with, uh, it, you know, it's, it, I think would make a great comic book. Um, it takes, you know, it would have to take place in a different time uh, than the illusion witch. But, um, and, and again, you know, one thing that, that I show you in, in the illusion, which is there are artifacts that can get you into Sarai. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in this case, we, you know, Baru, uh, which is one of the characters mm -hmm. in the book, uh, has access to a key. Uh, that belongs to a group called the Siren, uh, which are basically like the embodiment of knowledge and power in Sarai. Um, and they, they have this key to be able to unlock and, and visit other places, right? So our, our world or Earth isn't the only place that they can come to. So, uh, so again, uh, you know, could there be other keys? Could there be other totems laying around that could get us into Sarai? And, you know, yeah, maybe. I would love to play with that. That, that would be fun. The Romero verse, as I think you've called it before. No, that, that's a that's a coin that's a term coined by Chris Walk himself. I oh, never, there he I, is. I had, I had never uh, used that. I had never been so 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 uh, so brave to be like, oh, it's the Romero verse. <laughs> you have but, to be just. But um, like I said, go balls well, the wall. I, I wanted once, and I, and I liked how it sounded. So. <laughs> well, I want more. I want more Romero verse. But until then, Chris, please with your questions, my friend. Yeah, so you got some, uh, let's do some character rundown, huh? I, I, I want to know, is Adia your favorite character writer? A lot of writers write the main character basically about themselves. 
in ways a lot of the traits they put into him so was uh, is Adi your favorite character right no not at all awesome um, she, Who she's is? not she's uh Baru is Baru's my favorite character to write um but no Adi, Adia um it's hard because she's so hard-headed you know what I'm saying and like I and I, and I know that I know the pain that she's carrying within her makes her be this kind of snarky you know one line delivery kind of person you know like she, everything is always a joke and or, or really dry sarcastic humor um so it's 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 difficult because it's like i just want her to to let the walls down and really and really like accept the fact that she's there and that she's got to do this whether she likes it or not um so she's you know as as issue four and then five i had a lot of fun writing her in issue five because in issue five you know she's she's now had some time in Soraya. She's got the relationships with Kelvin and Orion and Baru and 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 Sira. And it's like she's talking to to the siren and she's trying to access whatever it is that 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 she's trying to access, right? Like she she herself doesn't know because they they can't tell her. It's it's one of those things where you have to come to it yourself, right? Um, and when it comes, it comes, and when you know, you know. So it's and that for me never reign more true because I've lived it. Like at, at some point, you know that things are going to be okay. And that if you allow them to be okay, you'll be okay. And it takes a lot to get there. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. It's not, it's not easy. It's not, you know, you don't just wake up in the morning and piss excellence as Ricky Bobby would say, and just be like, okay, I'm not going to be depressed anymore. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's that easy. I'm saying that that journey is your is your own personal journey to go on but at some point if you fight hard enough you're going to find that light and you're going to find the reason to keep going and nine times out of ten it's the same reason you're depressed i wrote that comic book because my mom died in front of me and i experienced trauma that 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 really just you know shifted my mindset shifted my life made me see things in a way different light and i didn't like that I didn't like the way it made me feel, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And it took a long time to come back and feel like, you know, like, I, like, like I was post that, you know, or pre that, you know what I'm saying? So I, you know, that, that led to this. And so the, my mom's death is the motivation for the book. So there's a, a darkness and a light there that had to be, you know, injected into that, into that story that, and again, I think Adia uh, embodies that, right? Because in the beginning, you know, she's not a very likable person, but by the end of this, you're going to realize that just like anybody, we can grow from our, our, our mistakes and our scars and the things that we think were the worst things that we ever did. We're just a, a drop in a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Because Absolutely. It, it doesn't really matter in the long, in the bigger picture of things, you know? So, so yeah, it was, uh, she's definitely not my favorite character. She's, uh, she's, she's one of them, but Baru by far is, is the funnest and, and, and I find myself the most, you know, finding my voice within him the most. I like Brew. Me too. Me too. I like little creatures like that. I um, I actually really appreciate the throwback cards you did for the first two, for Adia and Baru. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a great idea. Um, yeah. What about the other characters? Where? Tell us a little bit, bit about the band of heroes and our and our villains. Yeah, so Kelvin, uh, the father, is is basically um, you know the embodiment of of just every badass warrior 
that that you've ever seen. You know, Conan, you know, things like that. Uh, Longsword guys that 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 just don't mess around. Um, were built. You can immediately, uh, you know, that this guy doesn't mess around. Like when you see him. Uh, so it was just one of those <clears throat> kind of things where I, I knew I needed somebody to kind of be the uh, the babysitter, so to speak. <laughs> right. He's got uh, that feel and, to him. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, he's got you know, he's a he's a father. So he he knows how to, you know, be caring and, and nurture and nurturing. Uh, but at the same time, he you know, he'll cut he'll cut anybody down um you know for for the cause for sarai so uh you know calvin was was just for me it's it, for me it was just one of those like how 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 cool and badass you know in terms of of like was was my dad and you know that that kind of like you know i don't know inspiration of like the kind of dad that i would want to be you know in that kind of world you know like i would, would definitely want to be that that guy that 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 teaches my son how to teach with a you know how to hunt with a longbow and you know how to kind of slink through the through the mud and 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 you know kill your your your, your dinner so it was like it was like this is this is what i want like i want this just this, the, the all the all encompassing adventurer rugged guy and that's that's where calvin comes from and then his, his son is uh, a chip off the old block, you know, your Orion is um, obviously a nod to my son. My, my son's name is Rian. Uh, and he's just the baddest 12 year old in, uh, in, in Sarai. Uh, and, and that's just from my love of Damon Wayne. Like I love Damon Wayne from the first time oh. I ever read a Damien. And I never I thought, thought of that, but I put that together now. That's pretty yeah, awesome. Um, I always, you know, I, 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 he's my favorite Robin. Uh, to me, he is the true successor of the mantle. Like, I don't think anybody else could ever do. He's a pragmatical shit. Yeah, he really is. Um, and he's hard headed and brash and, but he's loyal. And, uh, and those are the traits that, that I want to teach my son. You know, I want to teach him to, to go against the grain and to question, you know, what, 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 what people tell you is, is, is just, you know, the, the status quo and to always be able to protect yourself and to defend those who can't and, uh, and speak up when it's time to speak up and, 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 def, you know, and, and otherwise when it's time to do otherwise. So, and, and with him, it was, it was interesting because uh, he is, he's, he's the youngest protector uh, in, in the line of uh and that's and that's the thing too is what, what what Rocco brought up is I would maybe love to go back and kind of give you more history on how these like all of these things are set up so that would be great but to you know go back into the illusion which like Orion is the the, the youngest protector of the sirens and he wasn't there right he was he was on his way when um when when the siren got attacked um, which is now you know left her vulnerable and her power transferring over to Adia. Now again, there's long lines of mages. There's a mage in that group, Sira, which is like the mother den. You know, she's the mother hen of the group. Um, you know, it was her job, quite possibly, to be the next siren of Sarai, and she's passed over, right, to for it to go to Adia for no reason given other than this is who I've chosen. So again, all of these people are tied to this quest and to this this moment um you know against really reluctantly all of them are there for you know for sarai if it, for, for no other reason than to see this world survive and to continue going on um and uh and then that leads us to the three which uh were basically you know is our villain of the group of mm -hmm. the story 
this guy, this thing, uh, was originally three brothers who uh, had gone to learn and, and teach themselves magic from the from from the group uh, of the sirens, and uh, of course, like like all men, uh, are corruptible uh, through power. Uh, they learned that 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 the siren were hiding, you know, certain kinds of magic from the world, and they used this magic to protect themselves so that they could attack her and maybe quite possibly survive and and and, and steal that power and knowledge from her. Um, and they did not, but in their death, uh, they had protected themselves. Um, and through through magic come back and unfortunately they're not strong enough to survive individually as three brothers so they must form they, they come together to form like this this just nasty three-headed wraith kind of looking creature um, who is now pretty much hunting the circle which is Baru, Kelvin, Orion, Syra, um, and the Siren and uh, is basically uh, not only hunting them but knows that there are artifacts now in this world that lead to other worlds. So they've, they, they, they know of the key. So they, they want to basically, you know, devour the siren, you know, take in that power and knowledge to be able to go out and conquer other worlds outside of Sarai. And this is where Adia gets dropped in the middle of this and say, and, and told, hey, you're the one that's got to save us. So you know, that, that's, that's a lot to take in, especially when you were just backstage smoking weed and drinking out of a bottle uh, after, you know, performing for about, you know, 100,000 people, you know? And it was really cool, I think. Uh, I really liked the way the, the three talk. Like, I love, like, the, the three heads and the, the creature in itself is quite grotesque. And I really, I really, really like that. Um, like I said, number three, book three was really awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with book three because it was, you know, a lot of people don't like flashbacks in comics because it, it takes away from, from the linear storytelling. <clears throat> um, but I've, I've, I, I had to use it in, you know, in this story because it ties you back to, um, to Adia, right? It, it takes you back to why she's there. So, um, so uh, a lot of the times, you know, in issue one and two, we did have to go back and forth a little bit. So we didn't get to spend as much time in Sarai as, as, I, as, I, as I would like. Um, but issue three, uh, I think, remedies that. And then issue four is, again, a little trip out of, out of Sarai, but it's going to be a very trippy. Again, we're in her mind, so anything can happen. Yeah. <clears throat> so really, I, I took inspiration from a lot of the old Doctor Strange, Jack Kirby, you know, Silver Surfer kind of, you know, old school Marvel stuff where it's, you know, a lot of the stuff is not even paneled out. It's just like these big one page spreads where a lot of stuff is happening in different moments. So, um, you know, and Andrea does a really good job at, you know, kind of leading your, your eyes with the art. So, and then of course, Dave will come in and master all that shit, you know, so you'll be able to read and make sure, make everything make sense. But um, I really wanted you to feel like, like you had taken an eighth of shrooms you know what uh, I'm saying? And sat and like sat down and started reading a comic. Uh, because that's kind of like the trip that Addie is going on. Because, you know, uh, spoiler alert, she gets poisoned in, in issue three. Um, and you know, and and that that poison is not so much to kill you, but to drive you insane. Right. So once you snap, then at that point you're irredeemable, right? You can't come back. You've gone into the darkness. So you've chosen that that mindset. So it's Addie's fight really in issue four um and then so i give you that and then issue five then i give you the whole the whole king kabuto the, the, the three is you'll see it at the end of issue four 
the three is going to recruit, you know, some other, uh, you know, members of, uh, of, of no good, no, no good doers, so to speak, uh, some baddies um, that are going to help him kind of uh, kick the door in at where, where Addy is going to be. And we're going to, you know, we're going to top this thing off. I'm not going to give you the ending, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to come full circle. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, but, but, but yeah, it's, um, I can't believe it. Like, you know, I turned in the fifth script the other day and it was just like, I was like, Oh man, this is crazy. Like, uh, this is, this has been a wild fun ride. Yeah, absolutely. Let's say illusion, Witch gets picked up by, I don't know, some production company and you are the executive producer. (laughs) Who is your director? Who is your director? You could choose that your stable is any director that is working currently anyone at all who is your director to tell this story that you think would stay close to your vision bryce dallas howard yeah i love you for saying that i really really do because i i didn't even think about that and i i i couldn't agree more yeah no i I really feel like well number one i mean just the lineage she she's gonna get it she's gonna get it she's a visionary so she is a visionary uh uh i think you know she's no stranger to puppetry work and that's exact like i wouldn't want baru to be cgi you know at least the least minimal cgi as possible i would love to see a puppet you know i would love to see him come to life um in as many ways as possible um so i think she would she would get that and um and i think that you know it, it, again, this coming from a guy who wrote it, but but I think it, it, I think for live action it would require a woman's touch. Like, I, like, like, and I don't say that in any you know sort of funny joking matter. Um, I just think that that I think a woman would be able to sit down with whoever gets to play Adia and really you know connect and really create a character that is you know not just you know a comic you know one dimensional so to speak. You know, is a fully formed person. Uh, you know, I believe the source material is there and she believes in that. I think, you know, Bryce shows, if anything, she shows, she's shown that she loves what she works on. So, um, and then there's always the chance that her dad will come through, you know, and, uh, and share his expertise. Hang um, out on set. And hang out on set. And, uh, and I would get to pick both of their brains. Um, so it's, it's a lot for a lot of selfish purposes because I love Ron too. I love, I love Ron Howard so much. I love and, uh, love ron howard especially in um, arrested development if you've ever uh, watched that um oh my god but no i i mean hashtag star wars hashtag give bryce dallas howard a trilogy um absolutely i i don't think i could have got a more perfect answer to my question there thank you ruben um sometimes you ask a question and you don't expect that as i mean yeah bryce dallas howard i think i'm in love with her yeah, yeah, no, she's great. She's great. I would love, love for her to do it. That would be a, that would be a dream come true. There, at that point, that's it. I'll retire. Like we can call it a day. I'll go home. I'll go home yeah. happy. Yeah. Movie or TV series? Ooh, like a short, um, short TV series. Yeah, I think you know. As although I, I, I could see this as as a two-hour you know kind of epic you know maybe a little bit longer than the adam project you know like i could see it as a movie i definitely could um like i said it's 
it's it's the emotional right it's the emotion it's not so much like lord of the rings where we have to go back and back and tell this long it's it's an emotional it's a character study so again you know a movie would 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 be great um but also you know a five five issue or a five five episode six episode you know if, if we need to eight just so that i could give you more history of like how the you know like who like again like there there are these things that you know Orion's a protector Cyril was the next in line to be siren uh what is a siren you know all of these things that i kind of i give you right and i tell you a little bit about so that you have enough knowledge to kind of fill that world and say okay this story makes sense but what i really drill down on is is adia's story because that's what we're here for so you know but but yeah a tv show would, would definitely give me the opportunity to build out that world and give you a little bit more history um uh maybe lead into you know what we see in book two which is the, in the beginning where where the three are attacking and and that flashback maybe build that out a little bit more um you know and then at that point you know if it's that then then you get your you know you, you get your pick there's there's a few directors that that could come on board and and i could I, you know i would be happy with but but yeah, overall, Bryce Dallas Howard, I think, would, would nail the vision. I, I definitely believe that in my heart of hearts. If I could sit down at a studio and get it to her, I would. I, I believe that, too. So, absolutely. Chris, round us out. You got it, man. So, what's coming next from Ruin Romero? All right. So, I'm about to make Casey Bowker really mad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so me and him, me and Casey, we wrote a book called Teachers Suck, um, which is kind of our love letter to John Hughes and, you know, vampire movies of the 80s and the 90s. Um, but mostly, you know, a lot of a lot of 80s flair, uh, so to speak, in, in terms of uh, in terms of just the content that's there uh, and the story that we created. So it's a it's a it's about a a group of five friends who are not friends. Uh, they're misfits. They do not belong together at all. And, uh, and they're unbeknownst to them. They are serving detention on their biggest, on the biggest night of the year uh, uh, in their town, in their small town of Carperton, uh, which is Halloween. And their high school throws an all night Halloween dance, which they cannot attend because they are uh, pretty much cleaning out uh, the B wing of the school that's being redone. Um, and they're locked in this band room that's turned upside down. And unbeknownst to them, there is an ancient vampire buried underneath the school that these two other vampires come into town to dig up so that they could bring about the monster, you know, apocalypse, so to speak. And the, they start turning the teachers in the school so that they can have uh, an army of vampires to, to awaken this, uh, this, this vampire king, so to speak. And our misfits have to kind of band together and uh and stop that from happening so we wrote that script and um and we love it and we've been shopping it uh we have an agent uh that we're rep we're both repped by um and uh, a manager who's shopping the script now but we we wanted to bring it to life so we're we're actually adapting that that screenplay into a graphic novel uh so it's going to be just one one volume you know it's going to be beginning middle and end one one graphic novel um we're doing that um slowly but surely that is coming. And, um, and then we have another book that we are doing called Don't Talk to the Dead, um, which is, uh, which is really, <laughs> it's a lot of, it's, it's pretty, it's a wild story. It's, it's uh, basically this kid uh, loses his mom and um, wants to talk to her. 
So him and his friends steal this Ouija board out of this occult shop. And the problem is that the Ouija board is like linked to like this demon uh, in hell. And they raise him uh, through the board and the demon rips half of the soul of the of Caleb, who is you know our main character, um, takes half of his soul back with him to hell. So the occult shop owner uh, Raj is basically like he knows about all this dark magic, all this evil shit, and he knows a way into hell. He's got a map into into hell. Uh, so basically, they have to go into the only way to get his soul back and for him not to be cursed while he's alive um, is to go into hell go through go go through all, all all levels of hell and kill the demon that's holding your you know your soul and uh and get it back so it's this kind of big goonies-esque kind of meets you know dante's inferno so to speak it's like you know so they they they, they it's a group of friends these kids who have to go through hell to save their friend so to speak so we've got those two books lined up they're slowly working um, and then there's, you know, me, like me and Casey are constantly working, man. We just, we wrote, uh, we've got a couple new screenplays we just did. Uh, we just finished one called The Wrong One, uh, which is a revenge flick. Uh, and then we did a, a, a horror slasher called um, uh, Dead on Bourbon Street, uh, which is a lot of fun. And we're shopping those right now. So, you know, fingers crossed, uh, you know, with that. Uh, we also adapted Hollowed, which is, is Casey's book. Uh, we adapted that into a pilot screenplay. And we have another, another pilot uh, called Writing Wrongs, which is loosely based on like, you know, me and like what my life would be if like we lived, you know, like if, if it was a Hollywood show, you know, like if it was a TV show. So it's kind of like that where it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, Curb or Dave, where it's, it's reality, but it's hyper reality, you know, and it's, it's funny and it's exaggerated and you know it's it's about a comic book writer who meets uh, a guy who used to be like the biggest action star in the 90s and early 2000s and he used to be on this show called force fighters which is kind of like power rangers and uh, and the comic book writer roman is like on his way up but hasn't gotten there just yet and him and this fallen from grace star kind of meet at a convention and they kind of use each other to kind of ride the the elevator up the the success ladder um, so it's, it's really, it's really crazy. Me and, me and Casey wrote it together and it's, it's wild and it's, it's fun. We just, we had a lot of fun writing it. So, so what you're saying is you're, you don't really got much going on. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Man. I am. And that's not even, yeah. And I didn't even get into, I've got a, uh, I've got a book that I wrote that, uh, that, that, well, they hired me to write called Lunation that's coming too, which is like this kind of, you know, underworld meets back to the future like it's got time travel and werewolves and you know it's a big adventure it's a it, like i just wanted it to be like an action popcorn movie um but with werewolves uh so so this you know this uh, a good uh, this good guy named george uh, reached out to me and was like hey i've got this idea uh i'm told you're a writer <laughs> uh could you do this and he you know he came to me with like the the you know, kind of like the foundation. He wanted it to be a werewolf story. He wanted it to involve, you know, this kind of feel and look of, you know, kind of uh, Victorian, but new modern um, and, and, and kind of, you know, just like this world that had gone to shit. And there's, there's these, you know, this group of wolves that are kind of putting it all and saving, you know, trying to, trying to save the world, so to speak. And I was like, okay, 
It's like, that sounds cool. And, and it kind of, I did the Casey, I kind of blew it up and, and added my own layers to it. Um, and that's going to come out soon too. Rodrigo, who does in Fairy, uh, drew it and uh, PH who colors everything of mine is coloring it and Dave is, is lettering as well. So it, it's, it's not my project, it's, but it's my project. You know what I'm saying? Hey. So, uh, you know, it's a work yeah. fire. But, but yeah, and then I've got some other stuff we're doing, me and Casey are doing for another, uh, another publisher, indie publisher called Dark Gear, uh, where we're writing a couple of their books. Uh, I'm doing a book called uh, Clear Bay and an, another book with Casey called Fractured. And Casey's got his own book as well that he's doing on there. So we're, we're busy, man. We're, we're staying busy and we're trying to do it, you know, at a high level uh, and hopefully everybody enjoys it. Sounds awesome. Sounds crazy. Awesome. You guys are just hitting out of the park. So let's get some dates. When does the Illusion Witch number one hit stands? That will drop June 15th. Uh, but, uh, you know, with the world that we're living in, you know, paper shortages and things like that, just keep an eye on uh, eye out on it. Um, you know, there doesn't seem to be any any hiccups as of yet. Uh, so, but, but, you know, it is scheduled for June 15th. All right. The Kickstarter has hit goal. It's hit goal. It's still yes, funding. Sir. When is still the last funding. day on that? Um, I, uh, so we've got five days to go. It's April 25th. That would be the date that it's it's done and over. And um, and then at that point, you know, you're going to have to hit your local comic book store. And if you have a local comic book store that you go to, go in there and ask them if they're going to have the Illusion Witch and tell them that they're going to have the illusion witch and that you want a copy and that your friends want a copy and that your dog wants a copy and that everyone wants a copy. Yeah, no, definitely. And there's, like I said, there's four covers. The more they order, the, the more insensitive covers will come in. And like I said, Andrea Erico is, he's the, he's the main artist on that one. He's the, he's the line artist in the book. So he's, you know, that, that cover in particular is pretty beautiful. So try to get your hands on that one. Will do. Well, this has been awesome. I just wanted to also say that Ruben's part of our Star Warriors podcast uh, group as well. And yes. we have a nice uh, network of podcasts called DFED Entertainment. You can check out the shows there. Anything you want to plug, Rocco? Yeah, um, I have uh, another podcast called the Critical Mass Podcast. Um, Dan and I have been hard at work retooling the show um, we want to bring you a new format. We want to bring you fresh guests. We want to bring you fresh content. Um, so we're kind of working on that now. Um, we should be back in May, um, probably end of May with a new season and we'll be pushing forward from there. So please stay tuned. Um, there's always, of course, um, Chris and I do the uh, Star Warriors Marvel Comics podcast. So make sure that you're checking that out as well. And of course, all you can find all three of us here on Star Warriors, um, just like Chris said. So don't miss that if you're a Star Wars fan. Even if you're not, just listen because I told you to. Absolutely. And yeah, Ruben, thank you so much for coming on today. Ah, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. I really do. I really do. I know that, you know, the comic book fans, you know, I know the mainstream stuff is fun, but always venture off into indie because that's where the real stories are being told. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm honored that on this show, you are our first indie comic that we've discussed. Um, and we're just uh, super happy and super honored to have you here. So thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And just like I say, every time, ladies and gentlemen, support your local comic shop and have an awesome day. Yeah.